0: Hey guys, this is the South Down Collective. I am Steph. <laughs> the purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite local athletes to training, groups, events, and opportunities in the Holma thibodeau Bayou region.
1: So have you joined the gym? Did you sign up for a race in the fall? Or maybe you bought a new bike? Or even started taking new aerobics or yoga class? Whatever it is that you do, we are here to support you. This is a podcast where we discuss all things fitness, and we hope that you'll find this as your weekly one-stop shop to what's happening locally in fitness events and businesses that support them.
0: So today, Lazy Hound Racing put on their first... Firecracker 4-Miler. Congratulations to all who participated, but in particular, Miss Khan Labat, who was second overall female, and Miss Abby Parody, who placed first in her age group.
1: All right. Good Yay. job, ladies.
0: And then I know tonight or early this morning, we have Hotter Than Hell Marathon in Audubon Park, which should be super exciting.
1: Should be nice, because today's been kind of gloomy and cloudy. I know when I did that several years ago, it was just unbearably hot. Yeah. And so it's going to be hot, but I mean, today's been kind of a a rare weather day.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I ran at 1230-ish today, and it wasn't, I think it was like 78 degrees, which is...
1: Unheard of. Super cool. Yeah, for this time (laughs) of year. In July. Yeah, for sure.
0: So upcoming events, other than tonight, they have Q50, Big Easy, Big Heart 5K, Riversack Tavern 2-Miler, and the Spillway Classic 3-Mile Trail Run all coming up within the next couple weeks. So be sure to check the show notes so you can click on those links and register away.
1: And just a reminder, we've been saying for the last few weeks, if you have any suggestions, maybe friends, maybe other competitors, maybe someone's kid that's in a certain type of sport, whatever the case, or maybe a business just reach out to Steph or myself or steve and just let us know we'd like to reach out to them and see if they'd like to come on the show all right today on the show our guest has been weight training since he was 14 years old began personal training four years later and for a little over a year now he's been the owner of lifted nutrition and fitness on tiger drive in thibodeau so welcome to the show ryan argent
2: thank you all so much for having me
0: so what made you start lifting weights at 14
2: I was classified obese as a teenager. So that's really what kind of started my journey in the gym. Um, and also my journey with nutrition also, which we can, I guess, talk about later. So just from being overweight, I'll never forget when a dietitian actually told me I was obese as a teenager. I was like, it's like a reality check. And then my grandmother also validated that. You know how the elderly are, they're kind of blunt. <laughs> so I stepped in the scale one time at her house because she used to watch me. And she said, wow, dude, dude's my nickname. Wow, dude, you're getting fat. You, just, you need to lose some weight. And that's when it hit me, you know? So from there, I started to embrace and, and read about how to improve health and how to lose weight and so on and so forth. So that's kind of what really started my journey and when I started weight training.
0: Were you sedentary then? Did you play sports or?
2: No, I didn't play sports. I was very sedentary. I tell people I'm the poster child of McDonald's because like my mom would always pick up fast food like for supper. Oh Wow. So my diet was nowhere near where it needed to be. I was drinking Coke out of a sippy cup when I was, you know, like three. So I was a, I was a coke kid all the way up to the point where it gave me severe bladder infections, and I decided to stop drinking it, which was probably about 15, 16. So, yeah, those experiences definitely shunned me in the right direction as far as nutrition and weight training goes.
0: Were you sickly growing up, like immune system wise? Or? Very much
2: so. Very much. So. I had asthma. I was born with asthma, but I was always sick. Always on breathing treatments because obviously my weight would make my breathing worse, and always sick just because my nutritional health was just not there right and immune, i wasn't active
0: yeah your immune system didn't have a chance i didn't
2: have any no and no sports so i wasn't active you know i'm in that generation where i was coming up with the super nintendo and 64 so more inside time because of the video games and my diet was not good with that you know it wasn't ideal
1: what's interesting about that is most people just don't know like they just don't understand they, i mean they just they think that's just completely normal and why am I not feeling good? Or, you know, why am I having all these health issues? But it's like such an obvious thing. When you've kind of crossed over, it's kind of easy to kind of peek from from where we're sitting back that direction. But it's it's kind of scary, you know, when, when you go and, and, you, and you see, you know, these people that are having, you know, all of these issues and things like that. And like you said, living that kind of that sheltered life, you know, playing video games. Yeah,
2: and, and with counseling, I have a lot of empathy for people that, like you said, they just don't know. Because I remember at one point, When I first tried to diet, I decided to just drink instead of eat. I was constantly drinking Coke, and that's actually when I got the bladder infection I was telling you about. In in my mind, liquid could not turn to fat, right, because I'll just pass it at some point, not realizing all the sugar and calories that were coming from the drinks. So even in my own experience, of course, I was a teenager at that point, you know, 14 or so, I thought that just drinking soda would help me lose weight, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll come in contact with people in my practice that they have beliefs like that, they just don't know. To your point, I mean, educating and just giving people the knowledge is, is one of those foundational steps, in my opinion, because I had to do it myself.
0: You were like, okay, I have to make a change. Like when you went home, did the doctor or dietitian who were like, hey, you're obese, did they give you some tools to be able to go home with? Or did you just go to the library? Like what was your next step when you were like, something has to change?
2: Uh, no, they didn't really help me that much. They kind of just said, you know, you need to eat around this many calories. And, you know, telling me and my mom, my mom wasn't educated in that realm and I was a kid. So, like, telling us how many calories to eat wasn't very helpful. It might have been true, but applying it wouldn't have been easy for us where we were. Uh, so what really started it was I actually started doing Billy Blank's Thai Bow Tapes was really my first form of exercise. And then naturally I, I knew vegetables and fruits were healthy. You know, once I got past that phase of thinking soda would, you know, help me slim up. I knew that fruit and vegetables were healthy, so that's where I started. I was like, okay, I know this for sure. Let me start there. So I just started asking my mom to purchase more of those things, you know, cucumber with Italian dressing, just basic little changes like that. And just telling her I don't want to eat out as much anymore, you know, the fast food. Tried to cook home a little more, and I would make sandwiches and stuff instead of eating the fast food she would bring home. So just little things like that. Um, And I was exercising, and I got really good results from actually just what I was doing. Um, as far as training, that didn't really take that next step until I actually moved with my dad. I was, I want to say, 15, 14, 15, which is about a year later. That's when he allowed me to join the gym, which at the time was LaRussa's, and it's our location today, lifted. That was my first time in a gym, and then from there, it just, like, escalated. I loved it. It helped me out with – I had a lot of anger as a kid growing up, so the, the training, the physical exertion helped me with the anger. It helped me with the weight. I started feeling more confident, felt better about my physique and, you know, with my friends and stuff. So from that moment, when I stepped into the gym and the diet was a little better than it was before, it was trajectory upwards. Everything started to benefit.
0: Did you have people there at Lil Rusa who were able to also ask about different nutrition questions and stuff like that?
2: No, no. Pretty much up until the point when I was in college, it was all kind of self-educated. You know, the internet, books, and experience, just trial and error. I right. was going to say that
1: it doesn't sound like that you really had a mentor or anything. It sounded like you just had this desire for self discovery and you just got after it and learned everything you needed to.
2: I love that term. That's exactly what it was. It was, it was a self discovery thing. What, what can I do to improve myself? Right. You know, yeah, exactly.
0: So you finish high school, mm-hmm. you're still lifting at the gym, figuring stuff out health wise. What's next?
2: All right, so I was an athlete in high school. I did cross country, which we had talked about a little while ago. I played football, I did track, played baseball. All of that was kind of just short lived. I was just an athlete, because it was fun to be an athlete, right? But um, where I really started to shine was my physique at that point, because by the time I was a senior, I started at 14, right? So I was already four years in the gym, and all my teammates in the football team knew how serious I was about it. Like my favorite part of football was actually the training. I can miss practice and really not care, but as long as I don't miss that day's workout, was Mm -hmm. my main thing, I wanted to train. By the time I was 18, I competed in my first bodybuilding show. It's sad, but I don't even remember. I think I was second out of like four people, which was good. I was, I was happy with that. It was the state competition, so it was the most competitive that we had locally at the time. Um, so I did that, and then I started professional wrestling. So right on the back end of that, I started professional wrestling. Like, so not on the mats, like the stuff you see on TV, WWE. Right. So I got into that. I started training for that, and I debuted at 19 at a local event. Was my first wrestling match travel was too much for me and the scheduling was too much for me with the wrestling so i started to look for something else and that's when i found powerlifting so what i liked about powerlifting was it was very objective you know with bodybuilding it's it was it was the judge's perception like who looks the best who's the most proportioned they didn't actually like get up there and measure us or anything um so very subjective in the judges whereas powerlifting it was you either lift the weight or you don't you know the weight's in the bars on you you know and i really like that Part of the sport. I stopped wrestling because of the travel and just the scheduling, and I was a college student at the time, mind you. And bodybuilding, I felt was a little too subjective for me. I wanted to actually compete, and it be on me, not right. on the judges. Right. And then, so powerlifting is where I really started to shine. I did that for about four years. I came in top two every competition I did, even the worlds in. I think that was 2016. I came out second at the worlds meet. Uh, it was in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Virginia. Oh wow. Yeah. So I really excelled in powerlifting, mostly because of my weight too, though I was. I competed at like 160. So for my weight, I was very, very strong. That's probably my, my athletic career in a nutshell. You know, it was kind of like the self-discovery we talked about before, right? I tried all these different things and they didn't stick. But the only thing that stuck throughout all the sports I played was training. Mm-hmm. I trained for football, trained for cross country, trained for wrestling, you know, and it just training. This whole time, I'm figuring out how, how training is benefiting me outside of the sport. My health, you know, my, uh, my anger, like I said before. That's kind of what... It was always in that background, no matter what sport I was playing or competing in. And so you finished college in? Yeah, so I went to college. So I graduated college, so that was my sports. I didn't play sports in, in, in uh, college. I continued to do wrestling and powerlifting throughout my college years. I finished Nichols, my undergrad was in dietetics. Okay. A four-year degree. And then I moved to Monroe, uh, Louisiana Tech. I went there for my graduate degree. I got my master's in nutrition there. While doing my internship and then i moved back home in 2016. okay and you're a registered nutrition registered dietitian yes dietitian, yeah. yeah so that's a four-year degree and then you have to do a year internship and then you have to pass a national exam okay
1: i remember april since talking about that when we had her on the podcast i think she had similar yeah we
2: all have to do that to be registered
1: you right. know? so you mentioned earlier that your first gym that you joined was the gym larusa on mm-hmm. tiger drive and so I find it interesting that that was the first place that you started training and now you're the current owner of it. So maybe you can kind of go into that story on how you came to be.
2: Yeah. So if, if we fast forward a few years, I started training there right at 14. A couple of years later, Tommy LaRusse, the owner of LaRusse's actually hired me. So I ended up working at LaRusse's all throughout high school, okay. all throughout my college while I was at Nichols. Oh, wow. So come 2015, Tommy decided to close the doors after I want to say it was 37 years. Of being open wow. at this point, he was I want to say 72, and his family didn't want to continue it or anything like that. So, you gotta imagine I'm I'm about to leave for for grad school, my job, the place that I would call home. You know, in my younger years, is closing. Right. So I was like, wow, this is like I'm going through culture shock right now. You know, right. so so he ended up closing up the doors. I'll never forget. It was October October 30th, the day before Halloween. He closed up in 2015. So I moved away 2015, and I didn't move back until late 2016. So I moved back, the building's still for sale. And naturally, Tommy and I, we're, we're real close. We, we can connect on a deep level, like really quickly. As Soon as I moved back, you know, we start communicating again, the building's still for sale. I've always known that I wanted to open a gym. I just never knew the opportunity would present itself, especially this young in my life. And I just didn't think it was possible financially for a college student to come out and you got student loans and this kind of stuff. You just start your career, how do you make that happen? So I always knew I wanted to do it. So we ended up communicating and at first we couldn't make a deal. You know, because what he wanted for the building and what he wanted down and all this kind of stuff, it just wasn't doable because of my circumstances, nothing on him. Right. So what ended up happening was I was actively looking for a building because I was I was set on opening a gym at this point. You know, I'm a dietitian now. I want to continue training and other jobs kind of fell through in the process of all this. So to me, that was just a sign like keep keep pursuing what you're doing. You know, I was looking at another building and my dad's an accountant and he actually did Tommy's work. Tom LaRusse, he did their work as an accountant for since he was open pretty much. So what ended up happening was I was looking for another building, I called my dad. I said, I wanna go check out this building, interested in it for a gym. He's like, all right, good deal. Cause at this point, Tommy had fell through. We just weren't meeting each other's needs. So when I show up to my dad's office to go check out this new building, he tells me, he said, you won't believe who just left. I said, who? He said, Tom LaRusse. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He said, he, ha- he wants to talk to you. So give him a call. I was like, that's odd. Like what, what is he gonna talk to me about? So me and my dad go check out this building. And it was hopeful online, right? But you get there and it's horrible. It, the price was good, but there's like grass growing in the roof, there's no plumbing. So for, obviously for a gym, you need a bathroom, right? No, no foundation, it, it was just bad, not doable. So I was like, dang, this opportunity fell through very quickly. So we go back to his office, my dad's office and I called Tommy back and we talked for a little while, just small talk, catching up. He said, I think I wanna make this gym thing work. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, if I had to pick somebody to, to continue this, I want it to be you. And wow. I was like, well, I appreciate that. And I said, but I mean, you know what I can do and you know what I can't do, like financially. He's like, yeah, I do. He said, but I wanna, I wanna talk to you in person. So he came to my dad's office and we went into a private office and we talked for a little while. That day, we didn't actually get all the numbers and all in order, but we knew that day that we were gonna make this happen. Wow. We left that meeting knowing that, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Yeah, am uh, too. <laughs> we, we knew that day that we were gonna make it happen. He said, you know what we need to do? We need to go to the gym. This place has been closed for like a year or two at this point. So we went in this truck from my dad's office, and we went to La Russa's at the time. And we went in there, and we were just walking around. He was like, he said, you think you're going to want any of this equipment? And I was like, there's a few pieces. I mean, this is 40-year-old equipment. Right. I was like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a few things that I would want. He said, go ahead and make a list for me, and I'm going to put soda on it. Because he said, my next plan is to do like an open house, and people can come in here and buy whatever equipment they want, you know, before the building is, is separate. I was like you, sure you want to, you like, you sure you want to do that? And he was like, yeah. So I went around and I started marking stuff, or he started marking stuff for me that I knew that I would want if this was to happen. So already we're, we're acting as if it's a done deal. And again, we didn't sign anything. It was just We just kind of threw numbers around and just kind of handshake deal, like man-to-man agreement kind of thing. So we did that, and you know, fast forward a few months, we're sitting in a lawyer's office and we're getting papers signed and things are moving in the right direction, and I end up buying the building. At this point there was no business right because he was closed two years but ended up buying the building and then the process of lift it started right there pretty amazing <laughs> that is yeah like i said it, it was full circle for me because again working there all throughout high school well first finding it right as a, as a, a team just wanting to improve his self-esteem and his health and stuff and then full circle i move away i come back and then i end up buying the building you know it's lifted it now Lifted Nutrition was the name of my nutrition practice, which I had established before this gym thing happened. So I was, you know, privately counseling people on nutrition, in, in an office. And then this deal ended up happening. So now I'm like, okay, my private practice can move into the building mm-hmm. where the gym's at. Right. And that's the gym was the end fitness part. So I just added that end fitness, and then now they're they're one big unit, nutrition and fitness together, under one roof. Does Tommy still come to the gym? He does. He does. We we communicate. Really often, and every time he comes, he's he's like, man. He said, I can't believe how great this came out, oh, and, and he starts telling me about all the ideas he had back then that I'm actually doing that we never talked about. It's awesome to have him come. He's I want to say, Mister Tommy is I think he's 78 now. He still trains two three days a week. Every time I get a new piece of equipment, he wants to try it out, so he comes by and tries it out. It's, it's awesome. we have a great relationship, but my respect to him is super unnatural because he, he pioneered bodybuilding in Tibidalo in this area. You know, he one of the first guys to compete. One of the first guys to, like, open a gym in this area. Mm-hmm. Not only do I, I love him as a human, but what he did for our area, is unspoken of, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such an iconic place. It's, it's, it's been there forever. I was a member there way way back when. It was probably one of the first gyms when I lived in Thibodeau that I joined. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it, that's a, such an awesome story that you that not only did you take it over, but you honored it in a way that he still goes there and, you know, he appreciates everything that you've done. I mean, and, and now you're continuing that on. You said he had it for 37 years mm-hmm. and now, so now you're a year into it. I mean, probably, you know, many, many years to come. I mean, that's, a, that's an awesome story.
0: So you do your nutrition practice and the gym training out of that one building? Yes, yes. And for those who aren't from here or just aren't familiar with it, where is the building?
2: The building's on 1410 Tiger Drive. So again, I like the history of the place, right? First gym and Tibbettul's there, and now Lifted has the honor of being there. So it's, it's right near Tibbettul High School. That's okay. where Tiger Drive's at. And it's right across from what they used to call the Votech. It was a trade a trade school. Right, the community um, college. The community college. But Fletcher actually bought it out, so now it's Fletcher Community College. It's not Votech anymore, okay. but we're right across the street.
0: So at Lifted, do you all have any people who compete? Like competitively, or do you help coach people to do powerlifting, bodybuilding, things like that?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Bodybuilding, certainly. I've, I've done I've done diets for a few guys, and a bunch of competitive athletes come in our doors and, and train because they they appreciate good equipment, and I, I handpicked every piece of equipment in there based on function and effectiveness. It's so like usually when you open a gym, like you'll go to like one distributor. And they'll, they'll cover all your needs. They'll give you your treadmills, your machines, your weights, everything. Could you get this kind of price, right? But for me, I was so picky. It took me forever to make this list. But, like, a company might do a chest press very good, but then their leg stuff isn't really good. So for me, I have, if you walk through our gym, we have, like, 15 different brands of equipment. So those guys appreciate that because they like the function and the feel of the machine. And on the flip side of that, if you're new to the gym, right, you've never experienced anything before, having something that works with your body and not against it is important. So both for beginners and advanced, I had that in mind when I was picking these, this equipment in our gym. As far as the powerlifting, kind of the same thing. They appreciate the equipment, but powerlifting has, like, grown tremendously in our, in our area as of lately. When I was competing, I was the only competitor that I knew of in this area other than the schools. But, like, now, Edie White, one of our local high schools, has a team. Assumptions had a team for many years. And we have many high school athletes from both schools that come train, like, outside of their season. You know, they train for their sport at our, at our gym. So that's awesome to me to see the sport grow so much and bodybuilding the same way. Both of them have grown tremendously. I didn't have anybody to train with for bodybuilding when I was coming up. I can probably count 10 people that compete at our gym right now, you know? Wow. So it's pretty awesome.
0: And speaking of powerlifting and events, do do you have a meet coming up soon?
2: Oh yes. Yes. On July 17th, we're having our inaugural powerlifting meet. I always had this idea that we were going to do annual powerlifting meets at our gym, So this one is our first one. Uh, We have about, I want to say 25, 26 people signed up already. Most of them are members, a few are non-members. But it's something that we plan on doing every year. So if anyone's interested.
1: We'll have a link to that in the show notes so people can sign up and get more information about it. And you also mentioned before we started recording the podcast, since kind of COVID threw you for a loop when you first kicked off, are you going to have a grand opening soon as well?
2: Yes, yes. We do plan on having a grand opening at some point this year or maybe early next year. We just haven't had a set date yet, but it's going to be an open house day. We're going to invite the whole community, anyone that wants to come to come. We can have some other small businesses that can have tables set out because we want to support them also. And it just could be a fun day. People could try the gym. People can meet people that work for the gym, et cetera. I just want it to be a community day and to celebrate the fact that we made it through COVID. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. Because sure. I mean, we opened the month before the gym shutdowns, right? So we were open a month and then we got shut down for two months. Wow. Like right out the gate. Yeah. So that was, that, was, that was a tough time. You know, but here we are a year later, over a year later. So I think that's worth celebrating.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: sure. Be a bigger grand opening than you anticipated oh, yeah. the first yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even bigger, bigger
2: celebration to kick it off. Indeed.
0: So what do your memberships look like at Lifted?
2: So we have a variety of memberships. I mean, we have the basic stuff as far as, you know, single plan, family plan, et cetera. But where we really highlight ourselves or specialize, should I say, is our nutrition membership, which is you get your gym access. We're 24-7. And you also get meetings with the dietitian every three to four weeks. So as a part of your, your, your uh, gym membership, you're meeting with the dietitian. you're fine-tuning the diet, whatever your goal may be. And now we actually just partnered with a lab who we're able to actually order lab work, you know, if need be. That way we can get the labs we need to help you nutritionally you know because a lot of people don't realize that nutrition has a very strong role in say like thyroid health adrenal health your ability to complete a workout whether it be endurance or strength your nutritional change depending on your goal so labs are very important so we finally got able to finally were able to start ordering those labs for people too so that's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's critical. I mean, I always kind of like to say is I get my, you know, lab results done every year mm-hmm. as kind of an annual checkup and I love comparing it to the previous year to kind of see if I'm on pace and you know if I need to make any tweaks or whatever. And so as that to be a part of your training plan and offer that to your members, that's that's huge. Along with that, I'm curious, like sure that you have like a store, I guess, within the gym itself that you that you sell supplements and things like that. I mean, is that something that from a nutrition standpoint, is is that something that you recommend to most people that train there? Or
2: do you where, where do you kind of draw the line, I guess, on eating habits and things like that? We do have a handful of supplements that we keep in stock at our gym, but we're very intentional about supplements. So, like, if, if there's not a, a real need for it, we don't recommend it. Okay. And the labs help us kind of do that in a way because I wouldn't give you a thyroid supplement if I didn't think your thyroid was, you know, functioning low. But the labs can prove that. I wouldn't give you a, D, a vitamin D supplement if you weren't low in vitamin D. But the labs help us really navigate what does this person need. We're getting so good at it recently that we can actually based off of symptoms, we could almost tell you what you're deficient in. At one point when I first started my practice, we had what we had. It was a micronutrient lab. So it's this huge lab. It's expensive though, unfortunately. And it tells you everything from like omega-3s to vitamins, to nutrients, to minerals. It'll do everything. And it'll tell you what you're deficient in. And then based on that, we'll recommend supplements. You know, but now, I mean, we got so good with it doing it over time that we can almost off of symptoms tell you what you need. Or at and least then narrow it down. Narrow it down, and then the labs will confirm it. You know, we always test for the big things. D, any kind of hormone we, we, can, we can supplement. Uh, and B vitamins is another common deficiency that we see.
0: Are it's, the B vitamins um, common in meat eaters and non-meat eaters, like regardless of?
2: Yes, I would say yes. Yeah. Especially like a lot of people come with like low energy, and they'll say, what do you think about a B12? And I'll say, nah, nah, do a B-complex because like the B vitamins function like a family in the body so like you can't just take one family member and expect it to function like it should take the whole thing and there I say that the last year has been very stressful for almost everybody with COVID and the closures and jobs and stuff like that and when we're stressed we deplete ourselves of B vitamins the more active we are we deplete ourselves of B vitamins so a lot of times I'll just tell someone if they're feeling fatigued or drink try a B complex and if you feel better then we know that was the issue if not We can always do a panel and and get more accurate data if need be.
0: What are your thoughts on just across the board, someone taking a multivitamin just in case or just to be on the safe side?
2: I think it's a safe insurance policy, but it's not very intentional. And and like I said, in response to your question, uh, we're very intentional about what we tell people to eat. I mean, tell people to take supplement wise or what we recommend. I don't think a multivitamin is very intentional. I think it's a broad spectrum and I think a lot of it is waste. And then you have to consider nutrient interactions, right? So there are certain nutrients that compete for absorption. So if you're taking them all at once, what's actually being absorbed from the multivitamin? A lot of them are competing for absorption.
1: I find it interesting, I guess, the direction that you're going with the lab and everything that you're backing up, you know, and what you're advising people to what they actually need, you know, because what you just said, it's kind of like an insurance policy. I think most people are... I guess when I was younger and I was working out and going to the gym, you just kind of took vitamins just kind of a just in case. Well, maybe I don't have this, or I'm just going to take it just, just for the sake that maybe I do need it. But you're you're kind of just digging into the backside of it, and you're really seeing what they actually need, what they don't need, so you can really dial in there. What That's totally different. I've never really even heard of like any place that's actually offered that service, so you can really – get in there and find out, like you said, you, even identifying symptoms that, you know, somebody may need the D, they may need the B or whatever. So that's an entirely different approach. Yeah,
2: no, we take, we take pride in being very root-based. Like right. what's, what's the root problem here? And then we solve that. And another thing with multivitamins, to, to kind of piggyback on that, yeah. on that answer, if you look at the dosages, they're not suitable dosages if you have like a, a deficiency. So for example, if you have a vitamin D deficiency, Number one, you're lucky if your vitamin D is even in your multi. And then number two, what's the dose? I've never seen it enough to actually counteract a deficiency. Right. So if we are dealing with a deficiency or, you know, maybe your diet's not up to par or whatever it may be, or you have your life circumstances are depleting said nutrient, the multivitamin is not going to bring it back up to where it needs to be because the dosages are so spread thin because you have a hundred of things instead of bringing it down to one thing and actually get an inadequate dose.
0: Well, it's often crazy too because you'll have like... 500% of this and then 25% of that. And it, like it, the percentages of your daily recommended, I'm using air quotes right now, are all over the place. And right. it's just like, who, why?
2: Yeah, and you'll notice the ones that they do, like the 500% of, is the stuff that pretty much no one's deficient in. Like, and they're cheaper to make, obviously. So, like vitamin A or vitamin C, like. People don't walk around with like vitamin C deficiency illnesses, like, you know, scurvy Scurvy, and stuff anymore, you know, so we're getting those nutrients for the most part, but that's what they're the highest dosed in, in a lot of these multis.
0: And those are the ones that for the most part are added into like all processed foods. Like your cereal probably has extra of that vitamin or this, I mean, it's already in a lot of the foods that people are eating. Indeed. Let's just say that someone just went to the doctor and they were told that they are clinically obese and they were looking to make a change, but maybe don't have the fortitude, I guess, that you did to just keep figuring things out. What's the first bit of, or the best advice that you would give someone who runs into the issue that you did years ago?
2: Schedule a nutrition assessment with a trained professional. That's, that's where I would start. Because without that, you don't exactly know where you're starting. And what I mean by that is when you talk about obesity, like it's it's a multifaceted problem. It's not just that people are sitting on their sofas being gluttons. You know, like a lot of times there's, there's behavioral tie-ins, there's environmental tie-ins. I mean, there's, there's so many different controllers of why people are obese, and you have to be able to assess that and see what the individual is going through. And I, as y'all know, I work at the behavioral health clinics, right? So quickly I learned that our behaviors, our medications, our environment, all those things are influences of our food choices. It's not just black and white i'm choosing this food so until you address like those underlying causes of the why we choose the foods we choose it's kind of it's very superficial and it's not long lasting so i would start there and then we would build upon that with a individualized meal plan for that individual based on their preferences we don't do cookie cutter diets in the way of hey here's a here's a keto meal plan go ahead and do this or you know those kind of things it's very individualized very personalized we don't give you a food that you don't like just because it's healthy. You know what I mean? And then, of course, if we feel like there's a need to do lab work, we'll either recommend you out to you know a local physician that'll do it or we'll order it ourselves.
0: And I know we've talked about this on the show several times, but just because you're here, I'm going to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, do you feel like nutrition or physical movement is more important in the big picture of health?
2: If I had to pick one, they're both they're both vital, especially as we age. But I would say... If I had to pick one, it would be nutrition, hands down, no that's, doubt.
0: That's been the consensus. Yeah,
2: I think so. Well, there's you know there's that saying, 80% nutrition, 20% you know fitness, whatever. But uh, I don't know if that percentage is, is accurate, but it definitely favors nutrition for the most part, no doubt.
0: The South Down Collective would like to thank Dr. Steve Morgan and Homa Family Dental for your generosity and continued support. Please visit Home of Family Dental for all of your family dental needs.
1: Yes, and thanks to everyone for all the rad feedback. I don't know what I was saying there. <coughs> okay, I'll just skip that. We receive online, in person, and please keep it coming. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We are proud of our local fitness community, and we want to continue to support great businesses like Lifted Nutrition and Fitness. This podcast is a collective interest for everyone in our fitness community, and yeah, that means you.
0: And you should share or recommend the South Down Collective to a friend. You don't even need, nope, not saying it, and you should recommend, (laughs) and you should share or recommend the South Down Collective to a friend. Every week, we are honored by the incredible stories of local athletes, and hopefully you are inspired by them too.
1: We post new episodes every Wednesday and share links to social media. We interviewed the legend George Robichaud way back in episode four, and a rumor is that he's going to be retiring next year, and we will be doing a 50-day bike track across America. So before we have him on for part two, be sure to go back and listen to our first chat, along with many other incredible and inspiring athletes and businesses in our previous episodes.
0: Wow, I think I will have to go back and re-listen to George's episode again. So until next week, keep running.
1: Keep cycling.
0: Or whatever your passion.
1: Train hard, stay safe, and in good health.
0: And tell a friend about the South Down Collective. Until next time.
2: Thank you to the community of Homa and Thibodeau for supporting Lifted and for allowing health and fitness to flourish in our community and thank you guys for having me it's an honor that y'all even asked me to come on the show so appreciate it thanks for
0: being here we learned a lot all about lifted nutrition and fitness it's a cool place later adios